All right, Rabbi Osai, good morning. Let us begin. Let's begin by thanking our sponsors for today's share, to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Cheshvan. Mayor and Rachel Gold for dedicating all the Shi'urim this month. Le'iloi Nishmas, Yona Tzvi, Ben Yosef, Chaim, Elazar, HaKohen, and Noam and Leah Efron for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drashos this month. The celebration of the 98th birthday of Noam's grandfather, Yosef Herschel, Ben Mordechai HaLevi. Shabizochem, Yeretz Hashem, to health and nachas from his mishpacha, at neve esim shanim tovos. And to thank our week of learning sponsors, Mr. Morton Esterson and Malka and Sammy Esterson, in memory of Mrs. Miriam Goldfine, Miriam Basmatisio, beloved cousin of Mr. Esterson, Malka and Sammy Esterson. I'll just read this dedication because it's quite beautiful. Who passed away on the 8th of Cheshvan, just a few days ago at the age of 99. Miriam did not have an easy life, but with it all, she was a kind and loving person and always happy with her lot in life. May she be a Malisi Yeshara for our family and for all of Amisra. And to thank our Dafiomi sponsors for today, the Plunka family, in commemoration of the yard site of Rachel Imenu. Merit Hashem Rachel should be an advocate for us on high. And the Merit Hashem, the Rachel Mavaka Abaneha, that her tears should move HaKadosh Baruch Hu to send the Mashiach here, Rabbi Aminu. Amen. We'll see with that, let us begin. So we have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is daf ches. Thank you again to Rabbi Kamen Akiba for giving share yesterday. We are going to pick up on ches Ahmed Aleph at the two dots, which is two, four, five lines down. Rabbi Lazar, B'Shimon Omrin, Be'echer B'Tirshay. So we'll say, see if you remember again, we had an interesting machlokis in the Mishnah. And the Mahlokis in the Mishnah was, when is it Rosh Hashanah for Meiser Behema? So very quickly, we learned this in yesterday's daf already. Meiser Behema is an obligation to tithe the flock each and every year. But obviously, again, the halacha in general by tithing is you're only supposed to tithe from, the, from what we'll call it the present cohort. So in order to determine what the present cohort is, of course, you need a beginning and the end of the year. So ends the Rosh Hashanah for Meiser Behema. So with this, we had a Mahlokis. First opinion in Mishnah said, Echad Be'elul, first of Elul. Second opinion is Rabbi Lazar of Shimon, who we're going to discuss now, said, Echad B'Tishrei. So now we're going to focus on this second opinion. Rabbi Lazar of Shimon, Omer Be'echad B'Tishrei, is the Rosh Hashanah from Meisir Behemah. So Rabbi Yochanan, Ushneim Mikra Echad So we'll say, so the Shaila, of course, becomes, what is the nature of this Machlokes? What are they arguing about? Whether or not Rosh Hashanah from Meisir Behemah is the first of Elul, the first of Tishrei. So says the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan says, both sides are darshaning the same Pasuk. This is quite beautiful. A Pasuk in Tehillim. David HaMelech writes, Lovshu Karim Hatzon. So we'll say, literally means, it means the, the sheep, Lovshu, are clothed, are clothed in Karim. So, Karim trans, so we'll see, look at Rashi for just a moment. It's Rashi's right across. Love Shu Karim Atzon. Mikro B'Sefer Tillim. So Rashi says, this is a Pasuk in Sefer Tillim. Love Shu Karim Atzon. Va'amokim Ya'at Fubar. I really should read the rest of the Pasuk. Back to the Gemara for just a moment. Love Shu Karim Atzon, which means the sheep have become clothed. Va'amokim Ya'at Fubar. The valleys have become covered. In fodder, Yisrael af Yashiru. They shout out and they sing. Now look at Rashi for just a moment. Right across. Love Shukaram Atzon. Mikru B'Sefer Tilim. This is a Pansik in Sefer Tilim. Love Shukaram Atzon. Vamakim Yat Fubar. Yisraf Yashiru. So Rashi just explains the first part of the Pansik. Love Shukaram Atzon. What does that mean? That literally, again, the sheep have become clothed with Karim. Mislap Shos Hakvasim. It means the sheep become clothed. Shemis Abros. It means they become clothed with pregnancy. That's the metaphor. Love Shukaramatso means the sheep become pregnant. The sheep become pregnant. So it says the Gimar, let's analyze Rabbi Meir's sovereign. I will say Rabbi Meir is the Tanakama. Okay, so the Tanakama holds that when is the Rosh Hashanah for Maiser Behemo? Elo. Elo, right? El was a 50-50, right? Rabbi Lazar B'Shimon hold that it's Tishrei. Tanakam Rabbi Meir holds that it's Elul. So Rabbi Meir Savar, Amos, I love Shukarim Atzon. When do the sheep become pregnant? Bizman Sha'amokim Ya'atfubar. At a time that the valleys become covered, what was it? With fodder means with vegetation. When do the valleys become covered with vegetation? Ve'emos say, Amokim Ya'atfubar. Ba'adar. 
ultimate spring in Adar. We write Adar as the beginning of, of we, we often associate Nisan with the beginning of spring, but Adar already is at the time when we see vegetation begin to come forth. So when do the sheep become pregnant? When the valleys become covered with vegetation in Adar. Therefore, again, what do you see from here? Misabros ba'adar, the, the sheep become pregnant in Adar, the yoldos ba'av, and they go out and they give birth in Av, and therefore it makes sense, Rosh Hashanah Shalohan Elul, and therefore the new year for Maeser Behema will be Elul. Shabbos says, so according to Rabbi Meir, here's the progression. Here's how you understand the Pasuk. The sheep become pregnant when? Ultimately, again, when the valleys become covered with vegetation. When do the valleys become covered with vegetation? Adar, beginning of spring. Therefore, sheep become pregnant beginning of spring. They go ahead and give birth when? They give birth Av. And therefore, Rosh, Rosh Hashanah for Maeser Behemo will be Elul. Okay? Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon Omrim. No. You have to read the Pasuk a little bit differently. A Mosai love Shukare Matzon. Ultimately, again, when do the sheep become pregnant? Bizman sheyisro'o af yashiru. When the crops, when the crops... Shout out and sing songs. So, Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon jumped to the end of the Pasuk. Tomorrow is going to ask on this. But they link the beginning and the end of the Pasuk to, to each other. Love Shukarman, so when do the sheep become pregnant? End of the Pasuk. When the crops, when the crops shout out and sing. When do the crops shout out and sing? A Masai Shibalim Omrim Shira. When do the stalks go out and say Shira? Benisan. And Nisan, because we'll say ultimately again. Remember, in Nisan is when is when that's the first stalks, which of course is barley, right? Barley is the first grain to mature, but that's when the barley, when the stalks call out because they have ripened. Misabros Nisan, so that teaches me again the sheep become actually pregnant in Nisan, not in Adar. The Yoldos Be'elo, and therefore the timeline is pushed off a month. Therefore they give birth in Elo. Therefore Rosh Hashanah Shalohan Tishrei, and therefore the Rosh Hashanah for Meiser Behemo ultimately, again, is going to be Tishrei. So we'll say what's interesting over here is, remember, there's only a month differential between these two opinions. Ve'idach, I want Rabbi Meir, ve'idach nami haksev, Yisro'al af yashiru, I, but what does Rabbi Meir do with the phrase that says they will call out, they will shout out and sing? So the Gemara says, Ha'hu ba'afalta da'havyon benisan. So Rabbi Meir will agree, not all sheep become pregnant at the same time. So not all sheep become pregnant in Adar. The later ones to conceive, conceive during Nisan. The Idach, I, what Rabbi Lazar B'Shemin do, Haksiv, Va'amokim Yatfubar. What do they do with the fact that the Pasuk says, and the valleys will become covered with vegetation? Ha'hu Bechar Fiyasa. That refers to the sheep that became pregnant early. So again, everyone agrees that the sheep don't all become pregnant at the same time, but there's only really a, mon- a one-month window. Da'asyon me'adar. So Bishal Rabbi Meir, Kedichsev, Lav, Shukarim, Atzon. So both say, the drasha of the Pasuk makes more sense. So we'll say, therefore, essentially what we have is two drashas, right? Lav, Shukarim, Atzon. The sheep become pregnant. So Rabbi Meir will say, when do the sheep become pregnant? Just trace the progression of the Pasuk. Va'amakim, Yatfu bar. When do the sheep become pregnant? When the valleys become covered with vegetation. When do the valleys become covered with vegetation? When? Adar. So they become pregnant in Adar. Give birth when? In Av. And ultimately Rosh Hashanah will be Elul. Rabbi Lazar B'Shimin. And I will say, and then again, the rest of the Pastor Kermitary Mayor, Yisra'o Af Yashiru, that refers to the sheep which become pregnant when the crops shout out in joy. And when do the crops, when does the, when does the grain, when does the stalks begin to shout out in joy? Nisan, there are sheep that become pregnant a little bit later on. Rabbi Lazar B'Shimin, they dash differently. They say, love should come soon. When do the sheep are hot? So when do the sheep become pregnant? They dash in the end of the Pasuk. Yisrael af yashiru. When the crops call out in joy. Sheep become pregnant in Nisan. Give birth in Elul. Rosh Hashanah will be Tishrei. Ay, what about Va'amokim Ya'at Fubar? That refers to the sheep which conceive earlier. So the Gemara says, Bishlam Rabbi Meir Kedichsev, Lav Shukara Matzon, Bizman Shamokim Ya'at Fubar, Ve'iganami Yisrael Af Yashiru. So I will say the drasha of Rabbi Meir makes sense. Why? Because it goes in the order of the Pasuk. 
the sheep become pregnant. When? When the valleys become covered with vegetation, but there are some that become pregnant a little bit later when the crops call out in joy. The Pasuk is darshan out of order, right? According to them, the Pasuk should have read how. It should have said, The sheep become pregnant when? That's what the Pasuk should have said. When do the sheep become pregnant? When the crops, when the stalks call out in joy. When do the stalks call out in joy? When? When? Nisan. And then it should have said, And then it said, oh, by the way, there are some that become pregnant earlier in Adar when the, when the valley is covered with vegetation. So in other words, I will say, what the Gemara is just pointing out over here is, the Josh of Rabbi Meir, the Tanakhama in the Mishnah, reads as a straight progression in the Pasuk. Beautiful. According to Rabbi Lazar of Shimon, you dash in the first part of the Pasuk, connect it to the second part of the Pasuk, the last part of the Pasuk, and then go back and dash in the middle of the Pasuk. It's not a linear drasha. To which the Gemara says, Allah Amarava, you're right. You're right. The Gemara says, Allah Amarava, Dukuli Ama, love Shakaramatzon. Bizman Shamakim Yatubar Baadar. It will say, says Rava, that's not the Machlokes. The Machlokes ultimately, again, is not when the sheep conceive. Right? Everyone agrees when do the sheep. Nurse David HaMelech, I will say, is reflecting in this Pasuk, he is speaking out a biological reality. And he's saying, Love Shukaramatzon, when do the sheep become pregnant? Bam, um, what's the Lashon? Love Shukaramatzon, Va'amakim Ya'atfu Bar. When the valleys become covered with vegetation. I went to the sheep become pregnant in Adar. Well, say, I just want to point out something very interesting over here. Isn't it fascinating that there's a machlokis and a pasik about when sheep become pregnant? Right? You would think that Lamaisa, this is not a machlokis and a pasik. How do you figure this out? I don't know, like a sheep home pregnancy does. I don't know, however you do it, you know, whatever, like, whatever you need to do, there are ways to figure this out. So we'll say, it, it is such an incredible, it turns out the Gemara says, you're right, it's not the machlokis. But I'll tell you something absolutely amazing. Do you know what it teaches us? The reality of a Jew is defined through the prism of Torah. You see, sometimes we think that reality is defined by how we perceive the things around us. My perception determines reality. That is not true for the Jew. My reality is determined by Torah. Now, are there different ways to perceive Torah? Absolutely. Which could result in different, different understandings of reality. But this is so incredibly important. Because if reality is defined by how we perceive it, who says I'm perceiving reality through the correct lens? Who says I'm perceiving reality through a proper lens? That's why we pursue, it's amazing, when Chazal argue, when do sheep conceive? And the Machlokes is based on how you darshan, a Pasuk in Tehillim. It says that reality has to be perceived through the lens of Torah. Torah creates our reality. Our personal perception does not. Such an incredible yisod. The Gemara says, but you're right. They're not, it's not, they're not really arguing about sheep conception in a Machlokes and a Pasuk in Tehillim. Rather, Rava says, everyone agrees, when David HaMelech writes, Love Shukarim Atzon, Va'amokim Yatfu Bar, David HaMelech is reflecting a reality. And the reality is, when do the sheep conceive? When the valleys are covered with crops, with vegetation. And when are the valleys covered with crops? When? Adar. Sheep conceive in Adar. Are there some late conceivers? Yeah, they, there are some late sheep that go ahead and conceive in Nisan. So the Gemara says, Vahacha Baha'i Krog Bakam Efegi. But here they're actually arguing about a different Pasuk. Listen to this. Aser Ta'aser. The Pasik says, you should tithe. Aser to Aser is called to Azarachah, Hayotzi Asada Shana Bashan. You should tithe. Then I will say, Aser to Aser, the Gemara Darshan's, Bishnei Maisras Hakasov Medaber. The Torah is referring to two different tithes. What are the two tithes? Echad Maiser Behema, Veechad Maiser Dagon. So we'll say, Aser to Aser, the Torah is referring to two different tithes, but interestingly enough, doing what? Linking them together. And here's the Shaila. How do you darshin the linkage? Here we go. Rabbi Meir Savar, Makish, Maeser Behemala, Maeser Dogon. Rabbi Meir, the Tanakhama, will say, remember, keep the Shittas in line. What does Rabbi Meir hold? When, when is Rosh Hashanah for Maeser Behemala? Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, Elul. 
Elul, right? Rabbi Lazar B'Shimon, ultimately again, Tishrei. Just write it down. Write it down. Because remember again, this is important to keep these constructs. So, so ultimately, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, I just want to point out, Rabbi Meir is the unnamed Tanakama in the Mishnah. Right, remember again, Stam Mishnah, Rabbi Meir. That's why it's not just we're bringing Rabbi Meir into this. He's the Tanakamo. So Rabbi Meir holds, Rabbi Meir holds like this, that we compare Aser to Aser tells you that you compare Meister Behema to Meister Dagon. I will say Meister Dagon is the general, is the general tithe that you take from your wheat. So the Gemara says, my Meister Dagon, Samoch Legamro. We'll say, when is, when, when, when do you take Meister Dagon? When do you take Meister from your grain? Ultimately, again, when the growth is completed. Samoch Legamro Isuro. Ultimately, again, when the crop is complete is when we tithe it. Af Meister Behema, Samoch Legamro Isuro. So to again by Meister Behema. Ultimately, again, when it is completed is when we tithe it. Now, how does this translate practically? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi is almost right across. Meister Dagon Samoch Legamro Isuro. So we'll say, remember again, when is the Rosh Hashanah for Meister Dagon? When is Rosh Hashanah for Meister Dagon? It's Tishrei. Rashi says over here, Rosh Hashanah, the Maestro's Tishrei. Dahachi Tani Lei Lekamon. Bebraisa. The Tishrei Samoch Legamrohu. Now, we'll say, now watch this. Why is Tishrei the Rosh Hashanah from Meister Dagon? Because Tishrei is right when the Dagon is complete, is completed. How, what does that mean, is completed? So Rashi says, Remember again, in the Eretz Yisrael agricultural season, what would you do? You would, cut, you would cut standing grain, you would begin to cut standing grain when? Pesach time with the Omer, right? But you would really continue through Shavuos, right? Shavuos is really is when they would harvest the wheat. What do you do after you harvest the wheat? You bundle it and you leave it in the gra- you leave it in the field. You leave it in the field to dry out. When do you go ahead and bring it in? Bring it in by Tishrei. So how do we know this? What's Sukkis? What's Sukkis? Chag Asif. Right. It's the time when ultimately again you would be gathering the grain into your silos. It was sufficiently dried out. You grab it. So listen to this. Shemir will hold. Remir will hold. Why Tishrei? Right. Meiser Dagon. Meiser Dagon. The Rosh Hashanah for Meister Dagon, for, for again, tithing grain, is Tishrei. Why? Because we set up the tithing date right when the item, when the crop is complete. So grain is finished by Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, and ultimately, again, therefore, Rosh Hashanah for Meister will be Tishrei. So too, so too, the Gemara says, so too, we're going to say that Halacha Lameisa, when it comes to animals, when it comes to animals, I'm sorry, let's go back for just a moment. So, Ma Maeser Dagon Samoch Yimur Isuro, Af Maeser Behema Samoch Legomro Isuro. Now, I will say ultimately again, when are animals done, right? Done means what? When they're birthed. So, when, when is the new crop of animals normally completed being birthed by Elul? Elul, remember again, this is, this is the earlier opinion, right? This, this is, this is Adar ultimately again, I will say, I just want to point out, forget what we learned before. Right, remember again, beforehand we were talking about that the machlokes between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lazar B'Shimon is when do the sheep conceive? Right, do they conceive in Adar, do they conceive in Nisan? Now the Rava said, everyone agrees they conceive in Adar. If they conceive in Adar, they give birth by Av. Right, they give birth by Av, which then means Rabbi Meir will hold the Rosh Hashanah should be Elul. Elul. Because by Elul, again, the new crop of animals, so to speak, is complete. Everything's been birthed. We've got our new cohort, and we're good to go. So that is the position of the Tanakama of Rabbi Meir. The Rosh Hashanah from Meister Behemo will be Elul. Why Aser to Aser says, compare Meister Behemo to Meister Dagon. Just like Meister Dagon, Rosh Hashanah is established by when the crop is finished. When is the crop finished? When it's finished, fully drying out of the field. You bring it in by the end of Elul, Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah from Meister Dagon. So too, when is the cohort of animal, animals fully birthed a new cohort? By the end of Av, therefore Rosh Chodesh Elul will be the Rosh Hashanah from Meister Behema. Rabbi Ezra, Rabbi Shimon, Sabri, no, they, they, they disagree with this. They say simpler. Makish, Meister Behema, Meister Dagon. So we'll say, listen to this. They agree. See, here's what's interesting. Everyone is agreeing on the premise of the drasha, which is Aser to Aser comes to link Meister Behema with Meister Dagon. But listen to this. Rabbi Lazar B'Shimon will say, we're going to make this heckish literal. And they'll say, so the Gemara says, Ma Meister Dagon Rosh Hashanah Shalot Tishrei, 
af meister behema Rosh Hashanah shalom. Tishrei. So I will say, ultimately, again, they take a literal understanding of this Rasha, and they'll agree, yeah, the Torah is linking Meiser Behema with what? With Meiser Dagon. And literally, just like Meiser Dagon is, just like Meiser, I'm sorry, just like Meiser Dagon is Tishrei, so to Meiser Behema is Tishrei as well. Both say, pretty incredible. How do we pass in Allah Chalamaisa? We pass in like the second opinion, Rebbe Lazar Bishimin, that Allah Chalamaisa, Rosh Hashanah for Meister Behema, is Echad B'Tishrei, the same thing as Meister Dagon. Why? Because we accept this Rosh Aser to Aser links the two. Meister Behema and Meister Dagon are on the same exact date, i.e. the first of Tishrei. Beautiful. Let's go back there. But I'll say now we get into an incredible, incredible, incredible sogyo. Says the Gemara Be'echah B'Tishrei. Oh, there's so much to say about this also. Okay, go, we'll go right through now. Be'echah B'Tishrei Rosh Hashanah L'Shan. But say next thing the Mishnah said, first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for years. Rosh Hashanah for years. Says Gemara L'May Hulchusah. So what, what, what does that mean, Rosh Hashanah for years? So says the Gemara Amunai Papa L'Shtaras. It has to do with the dating of documents. The dating of documents. So how do you know when it's the new year for dating of document purposes? First of Tishrei. The Gemara says, this nan, because we learned, We learned pre-dated documents are apostle. Post-dated documents are kasha. What's that? Sound familiar? Sound familiar? Yeah, we had this on Beis Hamadal. This is the meaning of the Sechda. Right? Why, why are, are pre-dated shtaros apostle? Why are they apostle? Because what can end up happening? You could defraud purchasers, right? You give the lender a prior lien, right? Or a lien that exists prior to the, prior to the loan, which is, which is illegal. Because you could end up defrauding people who bought unencumbered property by producing a document that shows that it was encumbered. But if you want to post-date a document, can you do that? Sure, because what does that do? It just delays the lien. So if the lender wants to do that, that's why he would want to do it. I don't know. But Lamaisa, if he wants to do it, that's his prerogative. So the Gemara says, one second. The Gemara says, one second. You already used this before. We learned before, opening statement in the Mishnah, that Rosh Hashanah, right, at first of Nisan, is the Rosh Hashanah for kings. And we said, and we asked there, we asked, what does that mean that the first of Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for kings? What does that mean? And Rav Chista said, for dating of documents. So I don't understand. So what's going on over here? So the first of Nisan is, is the Rosh Hashanah for Malachim for dating of documents. First of Tishrei is the Rosh Hashanah for dating of documents. So what's happening over here? Not a problem. The truth is what it means is like this. Rosh Hashanah, I'm sorry. First of Nisan, Gemara kind of alluded to this already. The first of Nisan is how we would go ahead and keep track of the reign of Jewish kings. First of Tishrei is how we went ahead and kept track of the reign of non-Jewish kings. So they both have shtaros, they both have shtar, document ramifications. But one has to do with Jewish kings, that's the first of Nisan. One has to do with the counting of the reign of non-Jewish kings, first of Tishrei. So the Gemara says, El hadam Rav Chista, but one second, when Rav Chista said before, Lo maninon, when Rav Chista said before, Rav said, we had this Gemara before, Gimel Medalif. Rav Chista said before, when he wanted to reconcile the contradiction, he said, no, Nisan is only significant for the counting of the reign of Jewish kings, but we count the reign of non-Jewish kings by Tishrei, says the Gemara, Rav Chista, Mas Nisan Asalashmoinon, was Rav Chista just coming to state something that was explicitly explained in a Mishnah? Lo Rav Chista kroy asalashmoinon. Rav Chista wanted to teach a pasik. Vibai, same Rav Chista, Kerebi Zera Masnila. Rabbi Zera Amar Litikufa. The both said there is another opinion. Rabbi Zera says the first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for seasons. That the seasons ultimately again are reckoned by Tishrei. We'll come back to that and explain what exactly that means. The Gemara goes right to Rabbi Lazar. He da'amar b'tishrei nivra olam and reflects the view of Rabbi Lazar because Rabbi Lazar holds that the world was created in Tishrei. We'll say this will be another major machlokis that we will get into. Where is the Gemara quote this from? We'll see this on oh, you know, two days from now. You don't have a base We'll see this about when was the world created. So we'll say so. We have a couple of different possibilities. Possibility A is that the first of Tishrei is, is Rosh Hashanah for dating documents. 
for Jewish kings. Second possibility, I'm sorry, for non-Jewish kings, excuse me, for non-Jewish kings. Jewish kings are first of Nisan. Second possibility is first of Tisha Hashanah for seasons. And ultimately, again, that's in line with the view that says that the world was created in Tishrei. Come back to that. Both say, listen to this. Here we go. Beautiful, beautiful second of Yitzchak Amar Ledin. Now, what does it mean when we say that the first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah? It means it is the Rosh Hashanah for judgment. For judgment. And I will say here we are introduced to this idea of Rosh Hashanah as a Yom Adin Dechsev. I will say, listen to this. The Gemara quotes the Pasek from Dvarim. Mereshis Hashanah v'ad Acharis Hashanah. From ultimately, again, from the first of the year, Vad Acharis Shana, till the end of the year. What does that mean? Mereshis Shana Nidon Ma In the beginning of the year, Mereshis Shana Ad Acharis Shana. Ultimately, again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu determines what is going to happen through the end of the year. From the beginning of the year, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be, what I just point out to you, I've mentioned this drasha before, but the Satmarav, Zechert Tzadik, the Kaddish Levracha, says something so beautiful. He says on this Pasek, Mereshes Hashana. If you notice again, Hashana, that's the Heya idea, right? The definitive article, the year. Mereshes Hashana. So the Rebbe says, you know, in the beginning of the year, what does every single person say? This is the year. This is going to be the year. This is my breakthrough year. And says the Rebbe, unfortunately, what happens by the end of the year? Acharis Shana. What happens by the end of the year? It's just another year. Right? It begins, the year begins with Hashana. This is it. And all too often, it just becomes another year. Such an incredible you saw, right? How many times in life do we have that epiphany? This is the year, or maybe this is the day. This is the week I'm going to turn it around. And then we come to the end of it, and we just haven't risen to the occasion. Not because we can't, just because we haven't for a variety of different reasons. But Lamaise, again, the goal is always to break that cycle. But such a profound you saw. The Gemara says, So, by the way, how do you know it's Tishrei? Right? Just, just again, Remember, there's no, how do you know that at the end of the day, the month that's being referred to over here, that's the Rosh Hashanah for Din, is Tishrei. It says, May Rosh Hashanah from the beginning of the year, but how do you know the beginning of the year is Tishrei? Dechsev, also listen to this. Apostle can tell him, Dechsev, Tiku Bachodesh Shofar, Bakas Yom Chagin. say, here we go. Incredible, incredible Gemara. Rabbi say, this Gemara, this Gemara is the essence of Rosh Hashanah. Tiku Bachodesh Shofar, so literally again, you should blow the Shofar in the month. Bakesa liyom chagenu. Bakesa means when it is hidden in the month of our celebration or in the day of our celebration. So what does this mean? Eizehu chag amadeis shachodesh miskasebo. They will say, what is the only yomtiv we have that the moon is hidden? The only yomtiv we have that the moon is hidden. Haviomer is Rosh Hashanah. It's Rosh Hashanah. Because remember again, Every single other yomtiv, every single other yomtiv is, well, again, Sukkis, middle of the month, right? Pesach, middle of the month, even Shavuos. Also remember again, when is Shavuos? Six, 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 remember, remember, we just had this, five, six, or seven, right? Remember again, the Gemara said, again, it's different, we have a set calendar. Five, six, or seven, but even then, the moon is visible already. There's only one, there's only one yomtiv where the moon is hidden. And when is that? Bakes, Liyom, Chagenu, Have Omer, Zer, Rosh Hashanah. It's Rosh Hashanah. So I will say, that's fine, but how do you know it's a Yom Adin? Uksiv ki chok li Yisrael hu mishpat leloke Yaakov. And I will say, what does the next part of the Pasuk say? The next Pasuk, in, the, in that same capital, ki chok li Yisrael hu, it'll be a statute for Yisrael, ki chok, a judgment, mishpat leloke Yaakov. A day of judgment for the God of Yaakov. So I will say, this is how we know that Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Adin. Bakesa, the Yom Chagenu, Tiku Bachodesh Shofar, blow the Shofar in the particular month, Bakesa, the Yom Chagenu, a Yomtiv where the month is hidden. Which is the Yomtiv where the, where the moon is hidden, excuse me? Ultimately, that is only Rosh Hashanah. I have no Yom Yomadin, Kichok li Yisrael hu, Mishpat leloke Yaakov. Because it is a day of judgment for Yisrael, Mishpat, a day of justice, a day of Mishpat, Feloke Yaakov. So, listen to this. Turn around, it is again a chokli Yisrael, the law for Yisrael. Mishpat judge Melamed, Shein Beizdin Shamal and Nichnasin Ledin, 
Interestingly enough, what do we learn from here? We learn from here that the based in Shalmala does not sit down to engage in judgment of humanity until based in Shalmata, until the lower court declares the new month. We'll say, how do you know that? What's the drasha? It's only when Yisrael determines, chok, passes the law, that it's Rosh Chodesh, Mishpat Leloke Yaakov, that the God of Israel enters into judgment. So both say, isn't this incredible? That the din of Rosh Hashanah does not begin until based in Shalmata declares the new month. I will say, I'll tell you something fascinating about this. There is, when it's not for now, it's not for now, but if it was for now, what I would tell you is as follows. There is a fascinating machlokis in halacha about if you forget to say, right? Normally we have a lot of insertions for yamim no rhyme. So some, most of them you don't have to go back for. What's the one you do have to go back for? Hamelech HaKadosh. What happens if you didn't say Hamelech HaKadosh by Mayriv of Rosh Hashanah night? Is there an obligation to go ahead and go back or not? So the majority of poskim say yes. There's a minority opinion that says no, based on the skimara. Because remember again, Kibbez didn't declare the new month that night. No, no this is why, by the way, we know this. All of us know this, and we've all used this. Right? Whenever we use this, when you forget, Yalla Yavo on Mayriv on Rosh Chodesh, you don't go back. You don't go back. Why? Because Bezin can't declare the new month that night, and therefore if I forget Yalla Yavo, which is my, I don't have to go back. So there is a school of thought that says that if you forget Hamelech HaKadosh on the night of Rosh Hashanah, you don't have to go back. Because since ultimately Din, which is HaMelech HaKadosh, Din, HaMelech, the king represents Din. Since, since again, we, based in Shalmato, cannot declare the new month at night, so to based in Shalmala cannot sit in judgment at night. And therefore, if you forget HaMelech HaKadosh, which is the din of Beis and Shamalat, you don't have to go back. Now, we don't paskin that way, but it is a fascinating approach. The Gemara goes weiter. Tanya Idoch, another approach. Kichok li Yisrael hu. Kichok li Yisrael hu. I only know, though, that Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment for the Jewish people. Le'umo sa'ola minayin. How do I know that Rosh Hashanah is also a day of judgment for the nations of the world? Tamalomar. Mishpat Lelokei Yaakov. It is a mishpat ultimately again for the God of Yaakov. So we'll say it's very interesting that the Gemara understands this piece, this piece to be a reference to a general universal judgment of humanity. Which means that Kichok Yisrahu is a day of judgment for Yisrael. Mishpat Lelokei Yaakov. Ultimately references to the rest of humanity. Imkein, Ma'atam Lomar Kichok Yisrael. So we'll say, so one second. If, if Mishpat Lelokei Yaakov means that God judges all of humanity, Chal Yisrael is also included in all of humanity. So once you tell me that God, that God judges all of humanity, including the Jewish people, then what do I need the phrase of what? Kichok li Yisrael. What does that do for me? So the Gemara says, It teaches us, we'll say, that in the, in the, on the stage of universal judgment, Chal Yisrael is judged first. As the positive, I'm sorry. Kidirav Chista. Damrav Chista. Melech v'tzibor. We'll say both the king and the congregation need to be judged. Melech nichnas tchila. The king goes in for judgment first. Melech nichnas tchila ledin shneemar. Mishpat avdo u mishpat amo. The Pasuk says again, first the king, Kashbarah, who judges the king, mishpat amo, avdo, his servant, which refers to the king, u mishpat amo, and then the judgment of his nation. Say, so therefore, again, what turns out is another drush over here. Kichok li Yisrael means, Chesh Baruch first judges Am Yisrael, Mishpat Leiloke Yaakov, and then ultimately judges the rest of humanity as well. So the Gemara says, because just like if a king and the Tzibor and the congregation have to be judged, HaKadosh Baruch judges the king first and then the Tzibor, so too on the universal stage or on the, on the global stage, HaKadosh Baruch judges Am Yisrael first and then the nations of the world. my time, why is it that when the king needs to be judged and the nation needs to be judged, that the king is judged before the nation. So possibility one is it's not appropriate to keep the king waiting. In other words, if the king needs to be judged, that doesn't make sense. And on both sides, it's also talking about like a literal judgment. If Beisdin has to adjudicate the case of the king and the case of the nation, right? We adjudicate the case of the king first. It's why? Possibility number one is it's not right to keep the king waiting. 
The other possibility is we want the king to be judged before HaKadosh Baruch whose anger flares up at the nation. When the Rebbe Shalom has to look at the iniquity of the nation, his anger may flare up. We would like the king who represents the Am ultimately again to be judged before that intensity of divine wrath. So this, we're going we're gonna to speak a lot more about the about the judgment aspect ultimately of Rosh Hashanah. But also what I do want to point out is that Halakha Lamaisa, Halakha Lamaisa, this is the Makar for Rosh Hashanah as a Yom Adin. Remember again, the Torah makes absolutely no reference to Rosh Hashanah as a day of judgment. Absolutely. All the Torah speaks out Rosh Hashanah is Yom Zichron Trua, Yom Trua, tells us about Shofar, right? Tells us about Karbanos, makes absolutely no reference, not a single reference to the concept that Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment. Where do we know that Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment? It's Meseches Rosh Hashanah, Daf Ches Amad Aleph. It is based on, on, on two psukim. The Pasuk ultimately in Dvarim, Meireshes Hashanah, Vat Acheres Hashanah, which teaches us that in the beginning of the year, HaKadosh Baruch Hu determines what is going to happen at the end of the year, but I still don't know when the beginning of the year is. Comes along David HaMelech, Tiku Bachodesh Shofar, we blow the shofar ultimately again on the, on the Yom Tiv, when the moon is hidden. What's the Yom Tiv the moon is hidden? That's Rosh Hashanah. And how do I know that it's a day of judgment? I've said this is all Tehillim, Pei Aleph. So, so chapter 81 in Tehillim. Kichok Yisrael Hu Mishpat Yaakov. Because it is a day of judgment for Klal Yisrael, a day of judgment for all humanity. This is how we know Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Adin. And Rabbi said, just point out that the Rambam, the Rambam quotes this, right? The Rambam says in Hilchos Tshuva, Perik Gimel Halacha Gimel, Gimel Gimel. So the Rambam writes, Bekach b'chol shana v'shana, shok l'navonos kol echa v'echa b'ay olam m'schuyosav, b'yom tov shal Rosh Hashanah. Every single year, what happens? HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes ahead and literally shoklin means he weighs. He weighs the Averis, he weighs the mitzvahs. So again, the Ramam goes on, Mishnim Tzatzadik, good. So we'll say, I'll just point out something fascinating. Because uh, you'll, you'll look at this on your own, but this is the Ramam Gimel Gimel, Hilchos Tshuva. The Ramam never calls Rosh Hashanah a Yom Adin. He doesn't call it a Yom Adin. He seeks out what happens on Rosh Hashanah, but it doesn't call Yom Adin. The Torah never calls it a Yom Hadin. A day of judgment. What's the pshat? Right? Everything is determined in Rosh Hashanah. Right? Chaye, Bani, Parnasa, everything is determined in Rosh Hashanah. How could the Torah be absolutely silent on the fact that it is a day in which everything is determined? And perhaps the Kashmir who's trying to teach us an incredible lesson. You see, Din, the concept of judgment, that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. Right? That, that, that's the purview of the Ribano Shalom. It's interesting that when you, when you continue to look in the Gemara, we're going to see that the essence of Rosh Hashanah is really Malchius, the concept of coronating HaKadosh Baruch Hu, accepting him as our king, which we'll get to. Din, perhaps, is not really mentioned in the Torah, and it's the Rabbah himself doesn't really mention it, because, or doesn't use that word Din, because again, as a Jew, our job is not to focus on what God is doing. Our job is to be focused on what we're doing. See, this yisod of, like, like, Chizkiyo, like, um, the Navi Yeshayo says to Chizkiyo, Why are you getting involved in the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs his world? You know, like, we spend so much time trying to figure out, why does God do this? And why does God do that? And what happens even after you engage in that exhaustive process of trying to figure out why God does what he does? You always come up short. See, this is in general why you should know. I've mentioned this before. Judaism doesn't really believe in, all, in, in philosophy all that much. We, we, we have a body of philosophy, but that was really because we saw that other religions were developing bodies of philosophy as well. Because philosophy, philosophy is profound, but it doesn't necessarily always give you clarity, especially on theological matters. And therefore, again, Judaism is an actual religion. Yiddishkeit says... Don't worry about how God is running his world, because he's God. You're not going to understand it. Worry about you. Worry about how you're running your life. Worry about how you're running your day. Worry about how you are becoming the best version of you. Din is something HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. See, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you know, I'm not including this Torah. What's the point of the Torah, Bosei? What's the point of the Torah? What is the point of the Torah, Kedosha? To teach us how to live. 
Knowing how God runs his world is not part of how we live. Trusting God to run his world the right way, that's what we do. That's called emunah. So the Shabbat doesn't mention din by Rosh Hashanah because din is what he's doing. Don't get involved in how God is running his world. Don't worry about it because guess what? I'm not going to understand it anyway. So to a certain degree, it is a theological exercise in futility. People spend their lives trying to figure out why did God do this? Why did God do that? And all it leads is to terrible spiritual frustration. Baruch Hu says, Din, I got it. I got it. Leave it to me. Leave it to me. Your job is to try to figure out how to what? Be successful in Din. Right? Well, so isn't that our avoda? To try to figure out then how to be a tzaddik. My job is to try to figure out how can I navigate divine judgment in a successful way. So perhaps that's why the Torah makes no mention about Din. Because that's what God does. The Rambam. The Rambam. Hilchos Tshuva. We'll say, what's the point of Hilchos Tshuva? To allow us to be successful in the process of Tshuva. Doesn't mention Din. Because that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. Our job is not to worry about what God does. Our job is to worry about what we do. Let's go right there. Says the Gemara. Ulu Shemitin. Next. We're not finished with Rosh Hashanah though. Next is Shemitah. Right? So remember again, the first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for Shemitin. So minal, And how do you know this? Dixiv. The Pasuk says in the seventh year, it shall be a year of rest for the And we make a gzir shav of shana shana of tishrei. So just like it says, by shmita, and it says, by tishrei, this is Russia we just had, so Shana, right? So they're just like Meir Shana is Tishrei, like we just proved. So too, again, Shana by Shmita is also Tishrei to teach me that. So Shmita begins in Tishrei. The Ligmar Shana Shana Minisan. Why don't you make a Gzer Shava between Shmita and Nisan? It says Shana by Nisan as well. To which the Gemara says, no, done in Shana Sheini Machadoshin. So here's the difference. We would rather, we, whenever we make a Gzir Shava, we'd rather make a Gzir Shava between two things that are most similar. So while it's true that you have Shana by Nisan also, that Shana is accompanied by what? A mention of Chodesh. So therefore, again, by Shemitah, there's no mention of Chodesh. By Tishrei, right? There's no mention of Chodesh. So therefore, we'd rather compare two Shanas where there's no mention of Chodesh and not compare a Shana where there is no mention of Chodesh to a Shana where there is a mention of Chodesh. Therefore, I will say, that's how we learn that Tishrei is the Rosh Hashanah for Shemitah. Ultimately, again, it is a Gzeda Shava between Shemitah and between Tishrei. Beautiful. Uliovlos. Next, I will say, Tishrei is also the Rosh Hashanah for Yovel. Here we go. Yovel's Be'echa B'Tishreu? Is that true? That Yovel begins on the first of Tishrei? B'Yud B'Tishreu. Both say it's not true. Actually, Yovel begins when? The tenth of Tishrei, which is Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. D'chsev. B'Yom HaKippurim. Ta'aviru Shofar. Both the Pasek says that on Yom Kippur, you shall sound the Shofar, and it's the blowing of that Shofar that ultimately, again, does what? Sends all the slaves, sets all the slaves free, and returns ancestral lands to their rightful owners. So what do you mean that the first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for Yehovah? Well, it's the tenth of Tishrei, to which the Gemara says, listen to this, so the Gemara says, Hat HaMani Rabbi Shlomo What's an incredible Gemara? Who do you this reflect? Rabbi Shlomo Shabbat Yochanan Ben Baroka, Disanya, here we go. V'kidash l'mishnas ha-chamishim, first wide line about Seyich Chasim days. You should go ahead and sanctify the 50th year. What is that coming to teach me? Since the Pasuk says, You might have thought, You might have thought, the Torah does say, You should blow the shofar on Yom Kippur. You should blow the shofar on Yom Kippur. And I also remember again, the rest of the Pasuk says, um, Good. You might have thought, you might have thought that since the Torah says, blow the shofar on the Yovel year on Yom Kippur, that when does the Yovel sanctity set in from Yom Kippur and on? Therefore the Pasuk says, you shall consecrate or sanctify the 50th year. 
It teaches you that Yovel is actually sanctified from the beginning, from the first of Tishri. Now, say, so how does this stim? So, what, what's going on over here? Right? I have one Pasik that teaches me, which says, the entire Yovel year from the first of Tishrei is consecrated. But yet, the shofar is only sounded on Yom Kippur. So, what's the pshat? Rebbe say, this is incredible. So, based on this, Rabbi Shmuel said it's the following construct. Here we go. Bose, listen to this. From the first of Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah of the Yolo year, the slaves, right? The Avadim, right? This is Avadim Ivrim, right? These are Jewish slaves. The Jewish slaves would not go home. They wouldn't go home yet, but they also were not working for their masters. So what were they doing between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? They would eat, they would drink, they would celebrate. Their crowns were on their head. Now, what is in the crowns were on there? Look at Rashi. If the slave wants to put on a crown to show that he's free, he has the right to do so. Watch this. Once Yom Kippur came, Taku bathed in Bashofar, ultimately again bathed in blue the shofar, Nifteru Avadim Labatehen. At that at that shofar Yom Kippur, these, then the slaves would go home, Vichsados Chosos Labaalehen. And ultimately again fields would return back to their original owners. Rabbi Shmobana Shabiocha Memoroka says based on two this is how he reconciles two Psukim. The Pasik says, sanctify the fiftieth year, which means that Yobel is sanctified as a Tishrei. But yet the shofar is only sounded as of Yom Kippur. So what's going on? So says the Gemara, in the beginning of the 50th year, the slaves are free, but they don't go home. Instead, what happens? They eat, they drink, they celebrate, they wear their crown if they want to, and they rejoice. Where? What's the, where are they rejoicing? Where? In their master's home. In their master's home. Comes the shofar of Rosh Hashanah, of Yom Kippur, excuse me, the both shofar of Yom Kippur, they go home, Fields are returned. That's how we reconcile ultimately again the two psukim. So I will say, I will tell you the Rambam codifies this halacha. So the Rambam writes, this is in Hilchos Shmita Yovel, Perek Yud Halacha Yudalit. This is it. So the Rambam writes, he says, Me Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippurim Lo Hayu Avadim Nifteren Lebatayan Lo Mishan Ladoneim. They would not go home. They would not go home. But ultimately again, they also were not enslaved. Lo Asados Chos Ela. Avadim Ochlin is called the Gemara. Avadim Ochlin v'shosim usmechem ba'atarosem b'rashayim. They would rejoice, big party, ten day party in the home of their master, all expense paid. Kevin sheigiyom ikipurim taku beizim a shofar nitra v'lo atem chosel. So what's that? This is the Rambam Paskin's halacha lamaisa. What's that? What's the pshat? What's 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 the pshat of this? So what's that? Listen to how profound Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Shmuel is saying is like this: This eved, this eved was an eved for how long? For how long? Who knows how long? Remember, if he's only going free during Yovel, it's also, again, it's possible that he was just became an Eved over the last couple of years, and Yovel is his Shemitah, so to speak. It's also possible that what? That what? He signed up for prolonged service. Now, he has to go home and resume life as a free man. As a free man. We'll say, to transition from being an Eved to being a Ben Chorin is not a simple thing. You tell someone one minute that they're an Eved, and the next minute they're free, and go about life as a free man, with achrayas, with responsibility, with a personalistic mission, is not such a pasha thing. We know it's not pasha. They will say, what's the, I forgot the, the, the legal term, when, when criminals repeat crimes again? Recidivism. Recidivism, right? So say, people are shocked. People get out of jail, and they go right back to a life of crime. Really? You're shocked? You're shocked? Who's the fool who created the system to begin with? You keep people in a box for prolonged amounts of time. Then you set them free into general society. And you think that people who, again, some of them committed the worst kind of crimes, you think they're going to learn how to be a Ben Horan? You think that a person knows how to acclimate to free life just like that? Who knows how long living a life of a slave, living a life of a prisoner, and suddenly become Ben Horan? So the Halacha understands this. The Halacha understands 
that we want this guy to reintegrate into society. We want this Eved to become a true Ben Chorin. We want this Eved to once again become a functional part of society. We want him to become a Balach Rayas. We want him to become a person with a mission. So what do you do? What do you do? You set him free. And then what do you do for 10 days? For 10 days, he is sitting at the table with who? With his master. But not as a servant, as an equal. As an equal. And they're sitting together. And there's someone else serving him now. And for, he wants to put on a crown. Put on a crown. You can even hold the scepter and a cape if you want, right? You can do whatever you want, right? For 10 days, for 10 days, you are going to sit and dine with your master. For 10 days, you are going to become an equal with your master. So that the hope is that after that chauffeur blows on Yom Kippur, you go home with your head held high. You go home being rehabilitated. You go home with a true feeling of being a Ben Chorin. You can't just pluck the Eved from his Avdus, put him back in his former life, and expect him to regain everything that he had lost. Take the time to rehabilitate him. Take the time to reinstill within him that sense of chesed. And I will say, I think it's an incredible yesod for life as well. Because a lot of times, we all undergo different forms of Avdus. Right? We have different difficulties or traumatic experiences in life. And what we sometimes don't realize is those traumatic experiences, they chip away at our sense of self. I no longer feel like a whole person. And sometimes the way to kind of get back on my feet is not just to go ahead and stop sinning or to stop engaging in a negative thing, but to rehabilitate a sense of self. Because so many of us walk through life with a diminished sense of self. We don't believe in ourselves. Sometimes we don't even like ourselves because of things that we've done. And we think if we just stop doing the thing or just start doing better things, we're okay. Sometimes, again, we really need help restoring ourselves, our sense of self. The Evan needs help restoring his sense of self. That's why he doesn't go home on Aleph Tishrei. He needs 10 days, rehabilitate the sense of self, feel good about yourself, and then you're ready to reintegrate, you're ready to resume you're ready to once again become a Ben Chorin. V'ra'banan. We'll say last piece. V'ra'banan. We'll just finish. We'll, we'll, we'll another, another minute. V'ra'banan. Shonim ata mekadesh, yata mekadesh chadoshim. V'ra'banan will say that ultimately, what do we learn from this? We learn from this that we consecrate years, but we do not consecrate months. So we'll say, what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. Shonim ata mekadesh. Kishishnas yovel nichneses mitzvah al bezdin lomar. That when ultimately, again, the 50th year comes, the other year comes, Bezin has an obligation to declare the new, to declare the year sanctified. In other words, we'll say, their dash number, Vikidashtev Eshnasachamishim, Tirabana will say, means Bezin has an obligation to say the year is consecrated. That is their obligation to say that. Vyatamakadish Chadashim Rashi says, so we're going to see that there's a position that says the only time Bezin is really obligated to go out and sanctify anything is the year of Yovel. But there's not necessarily an obligation to go out and sanctify each and every month. Right? So we'll stop over here. We're not finished with this conversation, but Amir Tzashem will pick up. There's another Bryce that will say, and again, I just want to point out, this is only the beginning of our journey into the identity of Rosh Hashanah as well. Don't think we're finished with it. Emirates will come back to some really beautiful sugas. Let's say what an incredible way to start the week. Yeah, Shaka, have a wonderful day, everyone.